0: Go. <laughs> right. I am so nervous I'm not a lot of y'all so bear with me but um I want to say it was truly a blessing um, the song and the dance that started um, and then the teaching that Carl did uh, I mean it's an honor so today we are today we're gonna be talking about Holy Communion and um, most of us here, I believe, have done this for a while, a couple times. Um, but today's purpose isn't necessarily to teach you what communion is. It's simply to bring us all to a deeper relationship with Christ and why he said, Do this in remembrance. So, the title is Yehoshua. The name Yeshua, as we call him, um, is really a condensing of two words. It's Yehovah, save. And they called it Yehoshua. So you speed it up a little bit and get a little slur in there and then you get Yeshua. So when Christ was born, he was born with the intention of Yehovah Saves. We know that the Abrahamic um, covenant was that he would redeem his people after the fall. So I want to start us off with, uh, I want to take us through the birth, the death, and the resurrection. Uh, When we do communion, uh, which is really a very small portion of what they do is what they call Passover. Um, in the Eastern, our brothers, our Hebrew brothers, um, they celebrate Passover every year. And Passover, for uh, many of us who don't know, was when God took the Israelites out of Egypt and he had them to build to do this as a memorial, that, he, that they would remember their sin, they remember the pit, they remember the slavery, they would remember the affliction and how he brought them out. So, um, when Christ was doing communion with his disciples, um, during the Passover, there was a certain portion where he would take the bread and take the wine. He said, do this specific thing in remembrance of me. And so we're going to, um, in the end, I'm going to bring that back up um, just to kind of give us an idea of where we're going. So first, I want to start off with the birth. Um, I'm going to be reading from Leviticus uh, chapter 17, 11, the Amplified Bible. And it reads, "For the life, the animal soul is in the blood, and I have given it for you, on uh, excuse me, upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is not the blood that makes atonement. Excuse me. <laughs> for it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of life which it represents. So, what does that scripture mean? Some of us may have read it before. I know I have, and I was like, okay, sounds good, but." He puts so much emphasis on the blood, because like he said, the blood is the soul. We know that when Adam was created, he made him out of the ground, or the Adamah, and then he breathed into him, and he became a living nefesh, or a living soul. So God knew that in order for any form of redemption to take place, or any form of atonement to take place, there had to be a spilling of blood, and he knew that we ourselves wouldn't spill our blood. This is why Cain was cursed after he killed Abel because that was not his order of things uh, the way he wanted it to be done. So, the function of the blood is this scientifically it is simply to supply uh, essential nutrients to the cells. Well, if we look at the cells, because even reading that you kind of skim past the cells, the cells, if you break it all the way down, it has a nucleus, and the nucleus you have what we call a DNA strand. A DNA strand is what's most important because the DNA strand not only um, is what causes you to be, but it carries your genetic code and it carries your lineage. So I say lineage, I say your nature. So who you are today was based on your DNA, but that DNA is also based on your father and his father and on and on all the way back up to Adam. So pull out our DNA, put it up on a projector, see it all big and everything. They can look at it and still see where the fall took place. Some of us have heard that a couple times, but to really bring that full circle, when I go and give blood right now, and they pull it up, and they go all the way down to my DNA, they can still connect me to Adam. So this is why Christ had to be brought through the Adamic line through, the, um, through uh, a descendant of David. So let's see. Talking about the birth of Christ, a lot of times, I know for me personally, I've heard, you know, and Christ didn't sin. How did Christ not sin? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I've struggled with sin. It still is ever before me trying to creep in. It's just, that's just how it is. So I'm like, okay, he said he didn't sin. Okay, I I need to know how. Well, when a child is conceived in the womb, you got the egg and you got the sperm and or the female portion and the male portion the female portion on its own does not have the capability of producing blood. So it is not until the male sperm meets the egg that blood can then begin to be produced. So we remember from the beginning, blood is the soul, the life. So when the male meets the female and they conceive, that is when the soul begins to form. So Christ now, and the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, told her she would bear a child and all thing and he came upon her and she became pregnant. Well, if we remember correctly, Joseph and Mary were married, so if technically it would have been the son of Joseph, but it wasn't because the Holy Spirit was the father of that child. So the blood that was in Yeshua was the blood of Yehovah. Amen. So now. Why would Jehovah, the creator of everything that we can even fathom, decide to come off his throne, and embody himself in this corruptible flesh to die for us? Well I wanna take us to Isaiah fifty three. And if any of us have ever read Isaiah fifty three, that entire thing is good, um but for the for time's sake, I won't do it all, <laughs> but um, I want to take us to. Um, before I say that, I want to go back to when when Christ was baptized, because when we are when we do this born again, we give our life to Christ and we decide you know we want to walk the right way and He believe He died for our sins. Then we go to the New Testament, we realize that Christ didn't start His ministry until He was baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit. Now it was an outward expression because he was baptized in water but then we remember the dove that came down and God looked down and said my um my son who I'm well pleased with I think I'm sorry um it wasn't in my notes but (laughs) um and then he began to for signs and wonders that followed him and he would heal people well if we remember the love chapter that mom just read which was beautiful by the way We really get to understand that what Christ was baptized with or what he was endowed with was love because Christ didn't heal people because he wanted other people to believe that I am Christ. He healed people because if you care about somebody and you really love somebody, there's no way I can walk by Whitney and see her crying and not ask her what's wrong because that's not love. But love causes you to do something. So it was impossible because it wasn't in him. To walk by somebody who was afflicted, whether he had a withered hand been bent over your whole life or stricken with leprosy. He couldn't walk by it and allow his creation to look like that. So these are the reasons why he healed people. So. Fast forward to Isaiah 53, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquity. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every way to his own, and the Lord has made light unto him the guilt and iniquity of us all. When we see this, I know a couple of us probably have seen the Passion of Christ movie. Uh, I watched it recently, and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to do communion. I kind of need to relive this experience. Um... We fast forward to the part where they took him in, where they took him in, put him before the council, and they wanted to kill him and all that stuff like that. Well, um, Pilate said that he was not going to kill him, but he said to punish him, to beat him real good, pretty much. We notice Christ was chained down. They beat him with a little switch. A couple of us might remember what the switch felt like. Not pleasant. <laughs> not pleasant. Um, beat him with a switch, and um, and what they after they considered they were done. They started to go ahead and be done. Well, Christ decided that it wasn't enough. Who in their right mind, notice, in our right mind, would get back up to be beat more? It was simply because it was no longer his mind that he had, because this was after the baptism. So now he had the mind of Jehovah. So, and Jehovah said, this is not enough. This flesh has to be brought all the way under in order for you to truly ascend and complete the purpose that I place within you. That flesh was beaten. Because I want to paint a picture for when we do take communion. I want us to see not only our Father, because it is is Yeshua, but it's Jehovah, Because they're one. If we believe they're one, then our Father came off his throne to come down here to be beaten, rejected, brought so close to death, yet not die yet. And then throughout all this, he would cry out to himself and say, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I think about when people do certain things that would that you would say to yourself, I just don't understand what in their right mind would cause them to do this thing. I'm quickly reminded that my thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are not his ways. That my only position is to pray. Forgive them, Father. Because they know not what they do. And even when they think they may know what they're doing, they still don't know what they're doing. So so I say that um, simply to Um, when we take communion we are remembering everything that encompasses Christ everything that encompasses what he did and it was that he was afflicted in every aspect of his life yet he said not yet he continued to intercede even for the ones that were afflicting him so but if we look at it we realize that Christ was allowing these situations and afflictions to simply cause his spirit man to take the ascendancy over his flesh because he knew that flesh needed to be beat, and he knew it needed to be beat well, like really well. So after he had been beaten, and, and, um, and of course, we see that um, the Pharisees, their flesh was still not satisfied. Because the flesh has one agenda, it's to kill you. This flesh that you were birthing is aimed to kill you. So, so they said they wanted him crucified, and they cried out, crucify. They said, let, the, let his blood be upon our children. Like the flesh have you saying some crazy things. I'm just saying, let, the, let his blood be upon our children. Not even me, but my children. Who, they ain't got nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Half of them ain't here yet. So, okay. Um, so let's fast forward to the cross, okay? And because we've been to the birth. That was the incarnation when where divinity came down, wrapped itself in corruptible and yet still showed us how to not sin. This says that he was tempted. He was tried on every side. I mean, he was fasting for 40 days. And I don't know about y'all, but sometimes one day a week is hard to get through. So 40 days. But if we uh, (laughs) if we remember 40 days, God uses 40 days for a lot of different things in the Bible. That's another teaching another day. But (laughs) when he was tempted, he says he sinned not. The one thing that I love that really taught me how to, is teaching me, excuse me, how to resist your flesh is that he said nothing out of himself. He said that it is written. So it is written. And uh, he didn't have a Bible in front of him. I'm sure he didn't. He didn't have the scrolls. It was here. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he always would say, what did the word say about the situation? I'll give you these kingdoms. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. No. What does the word say about this? Because I need to consult my father before I go with anything that you're presenting me. So whether it's a job, whether it's a girlfriend, whether it's a husband, whatever it is, I need to consult my father before I go with it. So he's hanging on the cross. I don't, I, don't, I don't say that lightly. He's, he's on the cross. He's being nailed down. And, and after he has carried this, I mean, it looked like a Lebanon oak tree. I'm just saying. He carried this whole thing up the way. And now they, now they want him to lay down on it, and they're going to nail him on it. So as they're sitting there, nailing his hand to some wood with some rusty nails. They want the nice ones that are nice and sharp. They look rusty and nasty. So they nailing his hands in there and he's pinned up on the cross, and each hit, he's sitting there, crying out to the Father, forgive them, forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not what they do. I'm trying not to cry, y'all, but they put him up there, and I'm trying to go with my notes, but, um, but they put him up there, and his mother is there watching him. John is there watching him, and I love, see, we don't always realize the importance of a mother. And even this allowed me to see my mother a little bit different. When he was taken, and I believe it was Peter, I could be wrong, told her that they had took him. I think it was John, actually. She said, it has begun. There wasn't a, why they take him, where he at, you know, oh, I need who I need to call. She said, it has begun. Because she remembered what her, because even her purpose superseded her flesh. She said, I, I, I carried you for one purpose. For one purpose. So at, so after I birthed you, my, my purpose that you've given me is now being fulfilled. So I, see a lot, a lot of times we, we get wrapped up in the little things and, and we don't realize that Okay, it's not about my job. It's not about my money. It ain't even about my husband or my wife. It's about my purpose. So what is my purpose? My purpose, my purpose is simply this to love. That is the greatest commandment that he's given. If you love, you will worship. If you love, you will tithe. If you love, you will be punctual. If you love, you'll be responsible. If you love, you'll have integrity. So this is why he made it simple. He said, love because if you do you will do all these things you will do what i ask you without hesitation you won't question it you won't try to reason you won't do you'll just do it because i love what carl said about the car situation because if we just do it initially then i would go outside and i see that it looks like it's gonna rain that's why he said put his windows up and then i put the window up but notice i was doing it when we're doing something that's a little off when we're doing something, and we obey, that is when we get our understanding, but it is to obey first. So, so Christ looked up. Um, I love Second Corinthians verse 4-4, because um, this is where we, we see Christ saying, forgive them because they know not what they do. He realized this before Paul even wrote it, is that the God of this world has blinded them. So they literally If you walk around with your eyes closed, you don't know what you're doing. You just, there's no question about it. You just, no matter how good you is with your surroundings, you don't know what you're doing. I I think that's a light switch, it might not be. It could be somebody's face, because you've got your eyes closed. So he does that, and then time goes by, sky gets dark. Why did the sky get dark? Do we even know what that really was? Well, I didn't. I found out that that was the darkest moment in time because the angels after Adam fell they wanted to know how how God are you gonna how are you gonna fix this because you have a law and your law says that after I think this is in somewhere in Corinthians we talk about divorce that's why God doesn't like divorce because he's the, he's he said he is married because there's no turning back so there's no turning back that's why we do got to be so cautious before we say I do so, so um, he, he realized that the angels realized that men had failed. And he said, God, well, you're, um, you have a law set in place. And you can't, after, after the wife leaves and cheats on you, your law says you can't take him back. That's, that's your law. That's, I can imagine them doing that. That's, that's your law. Because they already don't want to know what is man. So, they're, okay, he didn't fail. That's it. It's your law. Well, Christ said, "Okay. well, the only way that legally not. Well, it is Christ. Only way legally I can take someone back would be someone would have to die because then that would void the contract and you can make a new one. Well. Only thing that didn't have a law against it was love. So he said, I'll go. So love, there was no law against it. So love came down, wrapped itself in this flesh, walked, walked amongst his people, amongst his creation. And I can just imagine the heavens and the angels and all the hosts looking and watching God as he's going through all these things. And he's like, and they probably like, God, I mean, really? I mean, you let Him beat you like that? You could do so much. I mean, and they just sitting there. And then he looks up and he says, it is finished. What does that mean? Christ went down. Jehovah, no, excuse me. Let me let me just say. Let me say Yeshua right now. He went down to the lowest part of hell. And if we do our study on hell, we realize that there are certain levels because our God is a just God, even in our sin. But that's another thing. He went to the lowest part of hell, and I just can imagine the torment, and I can imagine the words that are being said to him, and I can imagine Hasatan rejoicing that I I got you now, I got you now, this is it, I mean, even you, you sent him, and even he couldn't, I still got him, and Christ waited, waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, until it was fulfilled, and then I can just imagine him getting up, and taking off the corruptible, and Satan looking upon him, saying, that's Jehovah, and he kneeled, and God stood up and he stood up and he walked with his train. We, we hear that. But he walked and he let the captives free. And he came back up. This takes us to the resurrection. He comes back up. No, excuse me. Let me backtrack. So what happened in the heavens when Christ died? Okay. And this is what he did in hell. He took the keys, took the stain from death and all that. He took his blood. He walked into the holy of holies in heaven, which is married of the one that they had on earth. And he said it on the altar. And the high council came, probably dressed in their priestly garments. And they looked at it. And they stopped. And they cried out, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God. They realized at that point. That God in his infinite wisdom has managed to find a way to yet again commune with men. (laughs) So I, what I really want us to take from this, that's pretty much it. I hope that won't too long. Um, What I want us to take from communion is this. We should always, and this is even on a daily because God says when you, if we understand wine, they drank wine all the time with everything. They weren't drunkards like we are on the West Side, but no. they <laughs> on the West Side, but they um, <laughs> but, but they drank wine with most of their meals, and they also ate matzah with most of their meals. It was the bread of choice. We like rolls, but they had matzah. So um, um so whenever we sit amongst each other. And we break bread. We, sometimes we throw that term around so easily. We sit down with people of like precious faith, and we drink, and we eat. In that moment, this is why you should pray before you eat. Because and even in your prayer, at that moment, you should see his birth, death, and resurrection. Every time you sit and you eat with a loved one, with a stranger, with whoever they are. Because... Christ ate with them all. From the top to the bottom, he didn't care because he was no respective person. He didn't, love doesn't see that you are homeless or that you're a Gentile, that you're Greek or that you're so far from the Torah, you can't even spell it. He don't see see any of that. He simply sees my begotten. I I, I created you and now I need to bring you back. So when we drink the sacraments, when we take up the sacraments, I want us to simply do this. I want us simply to remember Yeshua in every aspect of his life. Never once did he murmur. Never once did he waver. He was never double-minded. He knew why he was here. He knew his purpose. His purpose was this, simply to glorify the Father. So if we keep that at our forefront. Our work ethic, our conversations, our love towards one another, all these things should bring glory to God. And if it doesn't, then we shouldn't do it, shouldn't be a part of it. Because God says there was no sin in him, there was no darkness in him. And if it is in you, you have no part of him. Amen. So if there is anybody here tonight, today, who is going to take communion, and you have an ark, you, 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 some of us can be in denial. I mean, some of us think, oh, I'm good, I took care of that, I'm, I'm all right. I'm more cautious when it comes to God because I don't take this life lightly. I want to pray. And I want us to all be in the right heart. I want to pray to our father. A for forgiveness. And then I want to acknowledge him for all that he did. Not only on Calvary. But all the way up. And then all the way up. When even when he's still doing in this moment. He's still interceding for us. So we can just bow our hearts together. Yehovah, I want to bless you this morning, Father. I want to exalt you, Father, above everything in our lives, Father. I want to keep you on the throne of our hearts, Father. I want to call you for who you are, Father, and that is holy. You were called to action from the foundation of this world, Father, and you already knew what you wanted to do for us, Father, and that was to redeem us. You said that the just man falls seven times, Father, and even when Adam fell in that moment, you already knew what to do to pick him back up, Father. And so, Father, today, as we take communion, Father, we want to first repent for anything that we may have done, Father, any thoughts, anything that is not in line with your word, Father. We want to repent for it, Father. We want to pray, Father, that you would forgive us because we know that you are just to do so, Father. And And today, Father, we go to our brethren, we go to our sister, and we let them know that, A, we love them. And that love keeps no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So, Father God, today, I pray that you renew in us the right spirit, Father, and that you would cause us, Father, to love like you love, like the greatest commandment that you've given us, Father, that is to love one another. This is how the world will know that we are of you. And so today, Father, as we take the sacraments, Father, I pray a special blessing today, Father, that you would do something brand new in our lives, Father, as you would love to do, Father. And I and today I just pray, Father, that from this day forward, Father, when we would take communion on a daily, when we would sit with our loved ones or with anyone and we would break bread or we would have a meal, Father, that your birth, death, and resurrection, which is love, will be at the forefront of our heart. I pray today, Father, for the body of Christ, Father, that they would come in align with your word, Father, that they would realize the hope of their calling. That they would realize that what you did on Calvary, Father, was even for those that you knew would never come to you, but you still died for that person. Father, we thank you that you've been just We thank you that you've been merciful. We thank you that you've been patient with us. That in our arrogance, Father, in our stubbornness, Father, in our pride, Father, you still stand there waiting for us to come to you. You still just cry out, come. So today, Father, we come in our spirits. And we bring down this flesh as low as we can, Father. And we allow the spirit to take ascendancy within us today, Father we reverence you for who you are father and that is jehovah that is the great that we are father that is the life father that is the breath that is the being that is eternity that is love father that is everything that causes us to be today father that is the ability within our hearts to even continue standing before you father that is the mercy that you've shown through us throughout the week father to allow us to get here today father so today father we bow our hearts father and we exalt you mighty in our lives father we lift you up high father and we thank you father we give you the proper reference father, the proper reverence father for what you did on calvary father that you did not leave us father that you redeemed us and you us. Given us right standing before you father that we can stand before you boldly father and pray and intercede those things that are on your heart father so today father we thank you that even in this moment father the words that you left with us was that you were going to prepare a place for us a place in your heart father and so today father we thank you today father that you've uh, that you have been preparing that place and that you, excuse me that you even still today continue to intercede for us so today father we love you we bless you father Today and forevermore. I love that in the scripture. It says forevermore. Not ceasing. There's no time that I will ever stop glorifying your name. There's no day, Father, or no situation, Father, or no obstacle, Father, that I will stop exalting your name. So we bless you today, Father, and we worship you and we honor you, Father. In Yeshua's name that we pray, Father. Amen. Amen. At this time... Um,
1: how you wanna just bring them all up? You can come up and um uh, hmm? How you wanna leave them out there? i
0: Um starting with this second right here. Yeah, this we'll side you can come up.
1: And uh, Please don't try out this. i the spirit, I'm dead to sin. It may cost my life in the very end. This <laughs> Crosswalk, amen. I made up my mind that i part of him I won't be singing in the basement Should I lose my life, I will live again This is a crosswalk I This is a crosswalk a man Singing Eat or drink yet.